You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the Business of the Music Business Podcast. I'm Pam Rossi. Well, you can play an instrument, you can sing. Now what do you do? Well, to be a successful musician, you need to know the business side of your craft. If you don't, it's just a hobby. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, as I do each week, I discuss uh, the business side of the music, as you just heard in my little intro there. And um, I have another guest in. This time, we're going to talk about marketing. Ramona, hi. Hi. Your last name, say it so I pronounce it right. Caldwell. Caldwell, yes. Okay, thank you. No problem. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Um, and again, you are a dime instructor? Yes. Okay. I own Black Iris Booking, which is a promoter company okay. based, but I co-promote with most venues. Okay. So I co-promote with St. Andrews, Majestic, Live Nation, AEG, Smalls, Pretty much just about any room in Detroit. Okay. And then I work for Atomic Music Group, which I am a booking agent for U.S. tours there. I book the Tossers, Guttermouth, a newer band, Gallows Bound, and a bunch of other ones. Okay. So, okay. And Dime got me on the marketing business side from the band side and from the promoting side. So I use both sides, you know. Okay. Uh, Dime, for those not uh, familiar, is the Detroit Institute of Musical Education. Great uh, school here that we have in Detroit. Uh, just amazing, uh, you know, how you guys are helping musicians to make this a career and not just, you know, playing music. So kudos to all the people out there, Carl and everybody out yeah. there. Uh, that's just amazing that we are able to offer you know this in our city. So I didn't think I was going to be as impressed as I was. I was a little hesitant. I've never, I've never even seen a college setting like that. Yeah. So I didn't know. I thought, well, I learned it all just from my friends from growing up with bands, which I was very lucky, grateful for working for Perry Lavoine and Andrew Ellis and Matt Galley in New York. Um, but these guys and their, the young kids and all of their passion, it like, it inspired me to try new things. And okay. it was just awesome to watch what they got out of class. And then I still continue to talk to most of the students. So, well, interesting. You said you picked up a lot of this, you know, from your previous, you know, years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, interesting. You know, a lot of people wouldn't, um, you know, connect all that, you know, and grasp it and and think, okay, this is good, useful information for later. You know, it was weird how it ended up. I, I had a lot of boyfriends in bands. (laughs) I hate even admitting that point. But it was when one of them broke up with me, it was like, I really enjoy this. And then one of my friends got beat to death in 2000. So that was our first show. My friends and I, I was blessed also to grow up with the Suicide Machines, Suburban Delinquents, Earth Mover, Gutter Punks. We knew all of the ladies at St. Andrews, and at that point, they were ritual. And I did a show with them for the benefit. We raised like 20 grand. And then after that, I was like, I want to do this forever. (laughs) And I found a job. I actually did PR for Esham's record label. And we did a show at St. Andrews. Again, the girls there saw me and were like, I think you can do this. Do you yeah. want to do it forever? Oh. <laughs> and I was like, sure. 
So they, I started out with little jobs, running, interning, being in charge of the interns. Did you know at that point, you know, that this is really marketing? I mean, did you label it at that point or just this is cool? I'm doing some cool stuff. At first, I just thought, holy crap, I love this. And I'm getting paid more than I had been paid for all of my jobs prior. And I realized when I started working with the interns and there was a time where I worked with Diana Frank um, and I was part of the Live Nation marketing team and realized that there had to be a way to get kids to know about these shows that wasn't just 89X or Metro Times. And for people that don't know that 89X is a was radio is radio station here in Detroit that plays that uh, you know alternative type music. Yes. So okay, I mean some people are listening that are in the area and they're like you're throwing out all these names. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, trying to make sure that everyone understands what you're talking about. So oh I'm sorry, go ahead. That's okay. And yeah, the regional I guess Metro Times would be our small regional newspaper, mm-hmm. local newspaper. Um, so that was kind of how Black Iris at some point started because Perry didn't – sometimes they didn't have enough rooms for the shows. Mm-hmm. So I would do it at a club with Mike Moyanis from Smalls. Him and I were doing some shows at Elvin's. And we were doing the stuff that – actually, this shirt, like Lucero is now a band that plays at St. Andrews. But before anyone heard of them, they needed a show and they didn't have – Live Nation didn't have any rooms. So we did that show at Elvin's and – I think that was when people realized that us getting the word out on our own social media was hitting more Mm -hmm. than it being Live Nation because the alternative world sometimes likes the more independent DIY side. We always look for the underdogs. Right. How can we support them and everything? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, about how many years ago was that? Was all a lot of this was happening? Just kind of curious because of – Probably about 15 or so. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably been a while hearing your story, you know, because things have changed a little bit. So much since oh, yeah, okay, a I lot. started. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there wasn't even social media back then. Yeah. I, I don't even remember how, how we started getting out the word so much at Alvin's when it was just Black Iris booking and Mike. But a lot of flyering and a lot of friends Telling mm-hmm. friends because we all were the people that went to all of the shows. Right. You know, or like, word, word of mouth going yeah. is sometimes can be huge. Right. And now yeah. it's just great. I mean, I'm so lucky that AEG or Live Nation will ask me to come on and mm-hmm. pay me a, a small amount to just promote their shows because they're seeing that more kids will see them yeah. if they're on my page that okay. might not have seen it. Kudos to you. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm grateful. It's, I grew up in a tight knit, you know, we do a festival called Black Christmas every year at the Majestic and the Magic Stick. Yeah. And it literally was and is still all of those friends, the suicide machines, mm-hmm. um, the suburban sm- delinquents, which all a lot of Black Dahlia Murder. Yeah, yeah. Our local Michigan bands that yeah. grew to be amazing and yeah. do such great things that we all keep doing it together. So. Well, yeah, they had to start somewhere. And mm-hmm. then, of course, they had to have someone like you, for example, that helped with it. So that's what I want to talk about today. Uh, you know, and this is my shows, my podcasts are always geared towards musicians. This can be relevant to a lot of other creatives, um, which I'm finding you know, yeah. throughout my podcast, which is really great. So, um, but we, you know, talk as if it's just musicians, but please, you, if you have something else, 
take a note because uh, I'm sure we're going to have some stuff for you as well. So, um, so you've done, you know, helping all these bands and, you know, booking them, you know, through your Black Iris booking company and, and then, um, I guess the main thing is, uh, you know, let's kind of back up here a little bit is, you know, we, we all hear marketing. I mean, it's thrown all over the place. And, you know, I mean, you, if you try to Google marketing, marketing, you're going to be, you know, just looking through all the posts so for five posts. hours. Yes. You, know? <laughs> I, you know, and there's so much to it. Um, and I'm going to say what I think it is. And you're, you please correct me or go a different direction. But basically, to me is marketing is how are you going to attract your customers that pay and stay and refer. I think that's in a nutshell. So I'm I, gonna <laughs> I think that is a great okay. nutshell, a way to describe it. And and the way that the bands should think of it from the get-go. Mm-hmm. I mean, even as Suburban Delinquents and I still talk about when we were counting out the change to get their tapes done, I mean just getting getting the content out to people that are already coming to your shows. Yeah. Once they go home with that CD or that, well, it was tapes back then, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're going home with the tape and that is introducing it to five more friends. Right. And before we did social media so much, I mean, it was the tapes, the flyers and all of that where now, I mean, it is as simple, something that me and the students from Dime all thrived on a lot off each other mm-hmm. was learning to help market your shows together. So you, instead of letting the venue do everything. Which probably shouldn't do. (laughs) Right. And nobody really understood that if I tell the venue, I might give you $20 to do a sponsored Facebook ad. Would you match it? Would you do half? Because these kids thought, you know, what? how could they market their shows? Mm -hmm. And that is, I mean, any local band coming to me saying they want to spend money to get the word out for my national show. Sign them up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is something that still gives me goosebumps because it's just the easiest thing that people don't realize how how grateful a local venue, a promoter, even I, I would assume even AEG and Live Nation, the big ones, are still going to be like, I almost feel like they would say to them, don't spend your money. I'll give you an extra 20 bucks for just through your site. Yeah. And that was something that we've all, from the local bands, national bands I book, explaining and reminding them that you can ask people to put the money into your site, mm-hmm. you know, your social medias to get the word out and helps you grow at the same time. I mean, is it one of those you have to spend money to make money kind of thing? I agree. Yes. I mean, and that's what the hardest part with – the dime kids that weren't getting, you know, chances to get out. And I was trying to explain to them those things. One of them has done so well. And I've just watched him blossom, like the festivals he's gotten himself onto. And I think it was just spending a few, mm. just a few dollars here or there is something that people don't offer. They'd never come to you. They just come to you asking what you're going to pay them, which I understand that point yeah. <laughs> too. But when we are all, None of us are, you know, well, most of us aren't rolling in money. So, you know, we all work together. Like when I do a show at Smalls, it's like how can we come together to make – spend the less, the least, but get the biggest bang for our buck, you know? Get the most word out in the right places, not – just throw money at it. Well, know? any business, no matter what it is, and I always look at music is as a business. I mean, you have to have a marketing budget. Yep. 
So you have to figure out, like you just said, where can I spend my few dollars to get the most bang for my buck? Yeah. So how do they find those things? Well, I think that when you book your show, whoever you book your show with should be able to direct you that way. Okay. Um, whether it be a promoter or directly through the venue, there are going to be a few venues. We I learned um, from the Dime Kids that there are some venues that just don't really have the budget at all. Mm-hmm. So then it's your call. Like if you have 10 extra bucks, just throw it on a Facebook ad. And there are going to be some places that they're just looking to fill a Friday and they aren't giving you any marketing. Their marketing money is to the six nationals they have that month and that's right. all. So right. then you have to throw in a little of your own. But, you know, a, a place like Smalls or the Sanctuary or any, you know, the Shelter, Deluxe Flux, um, I think that they are going to be as excited as the rest of us were when we've seen a few people mm-hmm. offer to come in and help with the money. And it really does go a long way. And I think that also sends a message to that venue. It's like, okay, they're willing to do a little bit extra here, you know, and so they may step up and do a little extra as well. Right. And yeah. and it keeps them fresh in their mind. I mm-hmm. think it's something that people miss that if you if you do something that not many local bands do, yeah. do you understand that gets you so much further along because that gets the venue, the promoters, everybody remembering your band name. Yeah. Because it isn't everybody that knows that I'm in this band. I want this is what I want to do, but they're giving me a show. Do I need to promote it? Like, yes, if you promote it, it goes a long way. Right, right. And then down the line they're they're thinking, Oh my gosh, we got an opening all of a sudden. Uh who can we get? Who can right. oh, yeah, and yeah, then you, you come right to first to yeah. mind, you know? Yeah, that little extra will go a long way. Uh-huh. So you have to look for those things. So the venue is a good place to start. Where where else can they do that? The venue, the promoter. Um, I also think that thinking outside of the box, one of the things I learned with Live Nation was if you have, let's say you're a punk rock band, because I am a main punk rock metal. <laughs> well, all the titles, kind of all the girl. Uh, band yeah. names you were naming, I kind of got that uh, yeah. impression. <laughs> so we use um, one of our friends owns Refuge Skate Shop, and you you. Go to those vet, go to those shops and go to those places. See if they'll let you put out, you know, flyers, put up some posters. Some of the places will do contests with you. Mm-hmm. I have barber shops that will do giveaways. Yeah, um, yeah. It's well, like it's a barber shop boutique, Young Bloods, um, and you know they will do a email box, enter to win, and I mean it doesn't. You just ask whoever booked the show. You just ask them if it's okay and. Then you're getting extra marketing, usually out of whatever shop or, you know, barbershop, any kind of store, really, yeah, that's interested. Yeah. Uh, and then it also helps, like you said, if um, it kind of relates to the type of music. That right. makes a big difference, yeah. too. And gets the word out for both sides. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, Young Bloods, for example, or Refuge, those are friend-owned places, a barbershop, skateboard shop. So we all work together, and when they are – promoting our shows on their social medias too mm-hmm. it it makes people more excited i would imagine if you have say a flyer ready to go it's easy for them to just put that on their sites i mean yeah. make it easy for them right and then you're resharing and their friends are resharing and then everybody is getting the word out more yeah. and it's benefiting the shops as well as the bands and the show okay 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Work. Do a little bit of work ahead of time. Be prepared. So when you approach these people, uh, you can say, "Look, blah blah blah. Here's you know, what I'm, I have. Here's what I have." And th- they may, if you can make it easy for them, <laughs> they'll be willing. More always willing. make it easy for them. Yes. Yes. And then too, you can ask the promoter or the venue, "Hey, can I give away a pair of tickets along with? You know, is there something we can offer them?" Like, I just did a show the other night with Deluxe Flux, and each band. Gave away a shirt and we gave away two tickets. So it makes it a little more fun for kids or, you know, fans that are interested in the show. They're going to share that with the fact that yeah. they want a chance at getting some free swag at the end. Plus, when you say, okay, you, we're giving away two tickets. Well, most people gather up a bunch of friends. So the other four people have to buy the tickets, right. you know. So, so it, yeah, and it benefits everybody and again gets the bar's name out, the band's names out. And usually gets them telling their friends, hey, I won tickets, want to join us, you know. And especially with how expensive it is getting at times, you know, downtown parking, everything's gone up a little. Mm -hmm. So it's nice when you can give some stuff away to the kids, fans that are coming to the shows. Right, right, right. And and in the long run, they're going to spend money. So a venue would surely want to do this because they're going to buy some drinks. They may buy – if you have food, they're going to buy some food, you know – Give away a couple, pay for a couple tickets. Yeah, and they're getting they're they're easily Instagramming their shirts and their deluxe flux picture in the neon room. You know, yeah. they're more they're just more excited about the night. You know, and I think that's really what the whole goal to marketing music concerts is to getting someone to get those goosebumps and yeah. get that excited about the show. I mean, that was that is like how we. When people have thanked me for working and doing Black Christmas, it it is a team effort. Mm-hmm. It is not me. Like, I am so grateful because they all worked. We all do that. We have made this because we all enjoy it, talk about it, share it. Because we're all marketing it, that yeah. is what makes it successful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things about market- marketing um, – and as you touched on this, you got to be able to know who your target is. I mean, you could be doing all this work and you're not hitting, hitting your target. Right, yeah, audience. which is huge. You right. know, if you're going to put all this effort in, you know, make sure you know who your target is. What's a good way to, you know, I mean, you know what kind of, you know, your music genre. So that kind of explains a little bit who your target is. But, you know, how do you really hone in on that specific target? Well, how I explained it to some of the students this last uh, six-week course at Dime was a good way to start to figure out your target audience is the shows that you're going to, Mm -hmm. the other bands. You can look on social media and see, all right, these 10 bands I've found, they're all around the same genre as me. Who else do they play with? Where do they play? You know, who's promoting their shows? Those few things alone can get you some more so much knowledge on your target audience yeah. in just five to 20 minutes on Facebook, you know, or Instagram or any of the socials. Um, I don't even know if I researched that much other than I, I use, I use the socials in day to day, even for the national bands that I'm working with, you know, okay. it's, it's important for, for all sides, I think. Uh, and on that same note, uh, as you were saying that it popped into my head, when you go to, um, you know, uh, CD Baby or SoundCloud or whatever those Pandora's you you see sounds like or mm-hmm. influenced by, and a lot of times you find 
find five more that are in your yes. target audience. Yeah. Perfect. You know, and um, those are kind of like keywords. So, <laughs> so yeah. Hello. Well, that is the keywords and tagging all of that. Like we we discussed in in class this last semester how not to over tag, but to find exactly the three, five words that you think are your base to your band, your music, your production company, uh-huh. your whatever. Yeah. Like I keep punk rock on mine at every time. Okay. I mean, I also do a black heart because black iris booking wasn't really my choice of the company name, but <laughs> I love the black heart. So, but you know, I, you keep it and you, you continuously are reusing the same to get other people to notice. Right. So when you're using those wisely, it's going to help your target audience find you as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Very important. Keywords are so important. And tag, like you said, tag. I didn't think – I would think you could use more than that. But three to five, you're saying, is max or not? No. I mean, I well, I've been told lately that less is more. Okay. I still see a lot of people with a lot of tags. Um, I can't tell much of a difference. Okay. I haven't seen – a jump in my in anything I've done with more or less. So I yeah. say sometimes I do more and sometimes I just well, do a few. Well, it's not like people are reading through all those tags. It's going to take forever to read it. It's just it's for the, the back end. So yes. I guess to me, it seems okay to have more. That's what I – and that's what <laughs> that's a lot of logical. people now are doing. Like they'll do the tags in this – in like a comment under so that it isn't overdoing yes. it. Not like missing the key parts, yeah. you know. But yes, at the same time, why wouldn't you give extra yeah. if you can? I mean, no one's charging you for every you know digit there or every letter. That was something <laughs> I think. Dime, you know, I know we they do some shows down there, and Carl, they have been so supportive. They always encourage just tag us on whatever you're doing. Yeah. You're yeah. an instructor with us. Go for Go it. For and it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, it just markets both sides. It'd be interesting to see the, you know, the analytics on that. You yes. Know? But at this point, if you can use them and it's not in the, you know, if people have to read through them, then why not? Right. But whatever. You're, <laughs> you're the teacher over there. Tell them what you need to tell. Yeah. Um, all right. So, um, again, you know, you've got to find your target that, you know, that's, and some of the, some of these things you really have to just think about them and really de- decide. Before you go and blast all this out, you know, you need to know what well, you're doing. You hopefully figure that out if it's, it, you know, if it is your band, your group, or if you're in the, you know, career of helping manage market mm-hmm. bands that aren't yours. But you still, you want to know that base, what your, what your hope for your audience is. You know, I am a punk rock band. That's what it is. Then I go find it. You know, you don't, you want to know your, you want to know the audience you hope to hit before you yeah. go find it. You know? <laughs> Why waste your time, you know, and then realize, okay, I'm, I'm totally off target here. Right. You know, start over. So yeah, you don't want to do that. You, you, a few minutes beforehand, you know, figure it out. It would probably be helping in the long run. So I guess, um, you know, that's part of, you know, your marketing plan, I guess we'll call it that, marketing plan. You need to know what your goal is in the marketing end of it. And I think that was one of the biggest things that I watched people be grateful for at Dime was the just going through step-by-step how to start with your, you know, what you think your goal is or Mm -hmm. your target audience, but and then hear somebody tell you, 
search these five things and tell me if you still feel the same. You know, going through the steps with someone. And that's what I really like the short courses for people that aren't sure about dime or aren't sure about how much they want to put into something like this. Mm -hmm. I have it's been really enjoyable to do the short courses. So how do you, uh, you know, if you can, you kind of go over some of those steps, you know, someone and even maybe not someone that's, you know, starting out brand new, because, you know, obviously, that's really helpful, but someone that needs to tweak their marketing, something's not working. So what would you say to, you know, musicians at this point that, you know, how do I make this, you know, a, a better, you know, marketing tool for me, you know, that I can get the most out of it? Any suggestions for that? I think it always depends on the band, um, but something that I learned along the way with bands that weren't getting shows and I was trying to get them, here's how you can do it. This should work. Some worked, some didn't. Mm-hmm. And I learned what you want to do, almost the same as the offering to put $10 or $20 onto a sponsored ad, is find what one of you are really awesome at. I had a band, one of the students in the class, and he had done all this marketing work for tons of bigger companies. And he was like, but it's not helping my band. Mm. So I said, you are awesome at doing – he was awesome doing interviews. He was awesome doing video work. He was awesome doing design. Uh So I said, why don't you take that talent and use it for – Everyone you're friends with, start sharing that on your own band wall. So it was almost like he was he started doing podcasts. Um, I I don't know if he has a name for them. The band is Hale. so he was doing this for other bands, but he was putting it on his band page. Yeah, okay. and then he was tagging uh, Black Iris. Um, his band was Hail Alien, and I actually put him on a strung out show coming to Smalls because that was it. It was like we were getting extra advertising. We were getting this kid who is finding his target audience with his band, like with with the genre of his music. Okay. That's who he tries to interview, bands that go along with his. And since then he's gotten more shows. You okay. know, he played he played a skate park after Tony Hawk was there with some friends from Dime. Like they it's as you help each other, mm-hmm. it's all about community and really about helping each other. Right. And I think that's even why Dime excited me again to see kids who we're, it was the new group, like me and Suicide Machines and Black Dahlia and all of those guys. We were a little bit 10 years ago. I mean, they're all still <laughs> killing it. And yeah. I mean, Suicide Machines have a new record coming out on Fat. I mean, all of us are still active. But to see these younger kids who didn't have as quick of success, yeah. I mean, not that none of theirs was quick. They all did basement shows. Everything we've done, it people don't took realize, a while. Yeah. yeah, people don't realize it's not a quick it, fit. You no, know, instant, yes, it, it's, it's some success, serious yeah. time behind <laughs> it. But it, that has been as they offer to do. Hey, you want to come on my podcast? Then okay. they do it in a basement, and then the next week they're offering to have them support one of their shows they booked. So it's really about trying to help with what you have some extra talent in, and your friends see it, and then their friends see it. Yeah, you know, it's like constant. You know. A, Friend tells a friend tells a friend, and yeah. you know it grows that way. Um, you were talking about posters, for example. You know, then you put it together. So, um, is there uh, any kind of uh, great tips that what you should put on a poster, or how what your message should be? Uh, you, you know, I mean, you can always put your your band name, of course, in the venue and where you're playing. But there's got to be something that hooks them. I think that art can be one of the most important parts. Um, yeah. 
with Black Christmas, people come to me around September usually asking me, like, when is the new poster coming? Mm. Because we have one artist who's done it every single year, and it is so eye-catching. Now, you can't always do that, but um, that is a big thing. I think you can talk to tattoo shops. You can, you know, search. Tattoo shops to draw it? Interesting. Yeah, that, I never thought of it. <laughs> that is actually... Um, and you can't see uh, Ramona here, but she's got some, some sleeves going it's here. It's funny because these <laughs> sleeves and this Lucero shirt... My tattooist did this sleeve, and he is actually in Ferndale. And he went and tattooed – I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but in the backstage at the Magic Stick oh, okay. for Lucero's show, <laughs> they just he tattooed. Oh, okay. I don't, yeah. I don't know either, but oh well. It's yeah, it's there. no big deal. Okay. So, that's a but, good idea. I never yeah. Knew they're artists. And they are getting their work – they are getting their art out too. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I've done a lot of collabs where the tattooist, they will design the poster – they will print it themselves. I'll ask the bands if it's okay, and then they even sell them. They'll split the profit with oh. the bands and me or the venue. That's a great thing. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. then, it, again, helping you don't each other. Have, yeah, you don't always have to go to a graphic designer. Right, or just in this way, I don't even think – I mean, knock on wood, usually I haven't had to. I haven't had to pay for much of that mm. because I've given them an option of selling the posters at the show, splitting the profit – Mm-hmm. And it's worked out well for everybody. Oh, I love that idea. That's I would never have thought tattoo artists, but heck, they can draw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and any of them that aren't, you know, if you're not booked around the clock, then might as well do something like that because you're getting Black Iris, the Magic Stick, the Majestic. You're getting all of those people sharing your stuff too. Yeah. And uh, and I'm sure the tattoo artist has it hanging in their parlor. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh my god, uh, amazing! You know, I was like, wow, I didn't. That, that's a good one. I think that it might have helped all the hours that I've spent in <laughs> tattoo shops. Yeah, you know. she's got quite quite the thing going here on both yeah. arms. The guys are the guys at Signature. They they're the ones right by here, and they have they've always supported. They always put up a poster. Mm-hmm. They always come to the shows. It's you know tattoo rock and roll. Well, and that's again the other thing is you have to know ahead of time what kind of what you're trying to say and project because, for example, if a tattoo artist or artist whoever you know has this vision, you need to direct them, right? And then that that could be something that will always be on your posters and it's relatable. It's like, oh, there's that same poster, that same right. artist, same band, yeah. So you have to think of, again beforehand. And you know, come and up with an idea. It's like thinking of what 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 shops would care about what I am talking about mm-hmm. or what I'm doing. And it's like I wouldn't go to the Gap and ask them to put up my posters because they are not <laughs> going to my concerts. You know, yeah. but we knew, you know, you know, the tattoo shops are. And I mean, some people like hip hop. Um, at times, I mean, really anybody can go to the smoke shops. Like, there's just so much that. You can tell, though, some of the venues and some of the shops are genre-based, you know? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So you just find, again, target audience in the shops and stores and reach out. And usually that's another thing you can offer them. I will offer I will offer their whole shop, you know, a guest list spot for them doing this work for me. And mm-hmm. I, try, I try to do as much for as little money spent as possible. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. I, you know, there's not an extra, I don't get a huge budget for what I do. So I try to, and I think that's what's made it better though. That's what's made the community stronger. And it isn't, it's never been a money hungry. No one's ever, 
that's one of the things I've been lucky that yeah. no one ever thinks poorly of me for that. And there's a lot of people that they think it's about the money yeah. in this industry and that nothing that I've done hasn't – nothing I've done hasn't – has been just a one woman show, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, right. I feel like my life is, um, <laughs> you know, with, but everything that I've done has been our community coming together and helping. Okay. I love that. Um, and as you were saying something earlier, it came back to mind. I was reading somewhere um, when you're trying to get your music out. I mean, you're giving some great stuff when they, when you're at a venue and mm -hmm. you know, you're doing live shows, but what, a, well, let's touch on the other side, you know, to get your music out there as well. You know, how do people buy your, I mean, it's one thing to stream your music and people can hear it and, you know, you can only give away so many songs. Right. You want to make music on that. That's the whole point. Well, and especially now it's so hard. I mean, I think that I really think doing music sales at shows is the best. I mean, that's why touring is such an important part of the music right. industry right now because your record sales are low. You're getting music. I mean, I just bought like four more songs on before my drive here on iTunes, you okay. know, where I'm buying one song, but I'm not buying a record yeah. as often unless I'm at the show. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, getting whatever you can afford to get it something recorded, whether it be a EP, a CD, you know, something. have it so that when you are out at the shows, you have something to sell or to give away if you have to. I encourage people to give it away if you're not, if you don't see this, if you don't see people buying it, Give a few out to the people that are looking at your table because you know that they're interested. Mm -hmm. If they aren't really ready to spend the five to ten bucks, then just fucking give it to them. Sorry, I don't <laughs> oh. know if I'm allowed to say that. Oops. Either. Okay. Um, interesting because when you're seeing them standing there, I mean, if you're standing there, it's like, okay, they're he and han, whatever. Right. It's like, hey, guess what? You are the 20th. Yeah, 20th person standing here. This one's free, yeah. you know, or whatever. You know, or, or here, have, are you, are you thinking of, are you thinking about buying it? Have a shirt too. Oh. And maybe that's, that makes the sale. There you, you know? go. Uh, one of the things that, that I was starting to say, it was, um, you know, with your music, um, because there's so many, uh, so many magazines and the trades. We mentioned the Metro Times, you know, and people want to get a review. When you get a review on your album or your music, that's huge. Mm -hmm. That can really catapult, uh, you know, your their sales. But I thought this was, I can't remember where I saw this uh, a while ago, but it was, I thought, ingenious. Um, and I'll just throw out, for example, if you, if you write kids songs, okay, let's just say that. Um, and you've got a kids album. Don't send it to the places that review Send it to a, like a parents magazine. Totally, they they yeah, don't, don't get anything like that, right? And I, you don't want to send it to Revolver or Alternative Press or yeah. you know uh, any music. Yeah, like You'll a get parents lost. magazine is where you'd want it. They never get something like that, and they'll be willing to review it and, and say you might get a bigger story because it isn't the normal thing that exactly. they get. You know? Yeah, and the story I read was like, um, and I don't remember the product. That's what I can't think of. Uh, but yeah, he sent it to the magazine that was about, maybe it was boating, you know, mm -hmm. and, he, and he wrote a lot of sailing songs or boating songs. So he sent it to a magazine that was all about boats. That's And they did a great. huge story on this guy and he sold hundreds of this album. That, it, that uh, and I think YouTube is because I, I am still shocked on the amount of YouTube bands now. Yeah. I mean, I had a band that actually they're an atomic band and 
They, I didn't know them. Uh-huh. One of the agents that we, I work with picked them up, the Dead South, and I, I told St. Andrews. I think everybody kind of heard AEG Live Nation, and St. Andrews came to the table, brought him an offer first. He, the agent, really loved St. Andrews. He said, "I just would like to start Great there." Place, yeah. And I said, "Oh my gosh, but this is your first time they've ever played Detroit. That's scary to me because it's a large room to fill. Holy sh- cow, they." <laughs> They filled St. Andrews size rooms across the whole U.S. on their first tour, all from their YouTube sharing. Wow. Like it was a, literally, we are now. I mean, I don't know if they would love to be called a YouTube band, but that was yeah. what got them to sell out rooms like that. And we still, it was. I mean, me and the buyer for Live Nation had no idea. I had never heard of them before mm-hmm. that, and that is crazy to me. You well, know? fans, fans are amazing. What they will, you know, when they they love you, they'll support you. Yeah. I find that a lot, which is interesting, too. Another great marketing is, you know, and and hopefully you can talk about this, is a street team. Oh, yeah. I mean, explain how that works. Well, so I think that – and also that's another thing that doesn't have to be costly. Mm -hmm. You have your fans. You have people that are messaging you on your social medias. When you have someone who is asked every time you're in Detroit – like I have a kid that loves certain hardcore bands that I book and – he would be – he is the guy that I asked to share, to take some flyers around, to do contests if you'd like, um, tag him on everything because he loves it so much. So I tell the bands, you go to those people in every city, one of them that absolutely every time you come to town messages you. Yeah. Say, hey, dude, do you want to be in charge of a street team for us? Do you want to be our Detroit Connection, yeah. 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 In turn, however you want to – doesn't even have to – I mean, you could legitimately give them their first marketing job. There's always at least one that would do that. Yeah. (laughs) And normally when you find the one, he's bringing four of his friends with him. And then you're going to give him tickets to the concert. You're going to give him a shirt. And that's really enough to make a fan so happy. Yeah, yeah. And then you get your word out more. And I know there's – I've seen it on many bands' pages, you know, do you want to be part of the street mm-hmm. team or whatever? So you don't have to have that set up on your website or your Facebook page or something so that, you know, people will, if they're looking for you and they're on your site, right. you know, obviously. And I think it's, do that. I think it's just something for them to con the bands. I think it's something too for the musician to consciously think of because sometimes you can find just from those messages, mm-hmm. the person over the random Sign up for it. Right. You know, where okay. you could find somebody that has maybe a little more passion because they've always already been messaging you. So you know that they have that much love for your yeah. music, you know. Good point. You have to, they're there. Right. <laughs> Just kind of, you know, I mean, yeah, you through. nudge them a little and, <laughs> and you, t- you, you, you entice them with some free stuff. So, um, that's, I always saw that when, when, I mean, that's been around a while, street team. Yeah. That, yeah. that was how I started. Oh, okay. I've been, I keep telling everybody, Interning, street team, any kind of free work you can do. If you show somebody you're willing to work for free because you love it, because you get some free tickets. Like I went to shows every week, every sometimes three times a week. So to not pay for them just from passing out flyers was like, uh, sure. So I always encourage everybody, but I also encourage them to do it for their genre. Doing it for a genre that is not the music you love Mm -hmm. can dishearten you. That I've noticed. I've okay. noticed a few kids that went and did it just to do it, but did it in like electronic music when they were a punk rocker and mm-hmm. that 
doesn't help you. So do it the same as finding your audience. Keep with your genre because that's when you see the repercussions or like the results of doing that for them, you get – you know, extra bonuses for your band. Yeah, and you don't want your flyers to be in a garbage can just right. so they can get tickets. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't... You, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, yes, no, no, uh, none of that. You want to be able to um, get the most out of it. Definitely yeah. find out. You, again, back to where we were before, you've got to research, you've got to know what you're looking for, you know, and even with the street team people. Yeah, where to start, where to offer to be an intern, you know, Learning the places that do your kind of music. Yeah. They're out there. Just got to. Yeah. It's, and, it's really not. And I think Dime is a great. That is. Well, I mean, there's obviously so much more social media now, podcasts, all of this. I feel like the five minutes of this, you know, can kind of give you a little start mm-hmm. of a few steps. That you, yeah. Just taking those few steps to help you get started. And Dime's another place, though, that. It's it's just a great asset that we have now. Well, and in podcasting, you know, let's talk about that for a musician. You know, music is your thing, you know, writing and singing and performing and, you know, making music. But when you can talk about that, I would think a podcast or a blog is huge marketing as well. Totally. I think that is one of the things that I'm noticing the smaller local bands that haven't had as much exposure are doing them themselves. Mm-hmm. And they are all kind of trading off of each other. It's helping them reach further. It's helping them find more shows. It's helping them a different way to find the people in their audience. What um – as you were saying, I was thinking, um, you know, I I work, I'm on LinkedIn for my, you know, uh, my voiceover business. And I'm thinking, is that a good place for musicians to be on? Or is that just because I, it's a business, but. I feel like I am such a different person when okay. it comes to what I do. I, I don't do as much LinkedIn. I don't even think I have it as current as it should be. I probably should. Uh, I'm also a single mom of two kids under eight. Oh. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so it's crazy. And then, you know, booking tours and shows. So I don't as much do LinkedIn, but I think that everybody should. That has a, a the band. time. Yeah. yeah. A band should be on LinkedIn. I feel like you, if you're, and I, and especially if you have stuff like the one band that wasn't getting as many shows as they were looking for, you want to focus on the fact that you po- do podcasts mm-hmm. as well with your band, you yeah. know? Um, I think that you, there's no avenue you shouldn't use okay. while you are trying to get there. Um, in, it's always different for some of the genres. I mean, be, in such a punk rock DIY kind of world, I don't use it as much, but I think that everybody should because yeah. I know everybody else in the industry does. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I always why not be on there right. again? Figure out, should I have this as part of my marketing? You know, right. Again, you have to <laughs> back to that. You have yeah. to figure out what you want to do. And what the, what they're looking at first. I actually was just talking to the buyer for Live Nation for St. Andrews and I said to him, geez, would it kill local bands to just put their link to their music in their email to me? Because I only get 964 emails in an hour sometimes from local bands. So why not just put your link to your music as the kids hanging from me, my boss from California. I mean, I'm, I'm an independent contractor, but we still, the president is, you know, head honcho. So when he's calling me, I forget about the local band I just talked to five seconds before. Yeah. But if the information is in front of me, that might be one of my biggest pet peeves. If you are sending an email to a promoter, a venue, anything about your band, put a little signature that literally just can have one song 
in mm-hmm. SoundCloud. I don't care where it is. Yeah. Just the link so that I can forward it to the agent manager because I have to get it approved by so many people. If you put that there for me, it takes one step out of my crazy day. So. And she would appreciate that. <laughs> yes. And I think everybody, even the even the guys that are, you know, single, no kids and just booking all day long, they are still it would help it helps all of us, you know. Let's go on the opposite side. What are some marketing things that uh, you have seen that just don't work? Any or I'm sure there's got to be some. Hmm. She's really thinking maybe not. Well, no, I think that stuff like I do think stuff like you know, like if you like LinkedIn, if you're on it and you don't see very much response to it or if it doesn't help you, keep it updated, but don't spend your time focusing on that then. Then focus on your Facebook or your Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can, I think, see what works best for you. Um, I see LinkedIn as being something that the bigger, like your, you know, the voiceover. Voiceover, yeah. Like I feel like the big agencies, the big promoters, everybody's on there and I see them all, you know, and but for us, I feel like us, the smaller punk rock stuff, it is about getting your content out on the stuff like Facebook, Instagram, because those numbers are what we're looking at right okay. now. Okay. We're, But, you know, it's at a certain stage. They would be more once they're past using that, they're going to be using LinkedIn. OK, so yeah. it's kind of you. And I think every band sees what they get more response out of. And. It's also different from all genre, for all genres, right, I think, right, you know? Yeah. yeah, maybe a punk rocker. But I mean, and I'm really – I brought up LinkedIn. I'm really focusing on that right now. And it's like, well, I'm trying to connect with people that would, you know, be good for me and what right. I do. So I'm thinking, you know, a band, you know, a little bit of this, you know – Two or three times a week, right? On your LinkedIn, well, and it doesn't. Media. Yeah, it takes, doesn't take much. I know that it's is just when anyone doesn't do it. Like I had a person in class that was like, "Oh my gosh, our band doesn't have an Instagram," and I'm like, "You literally can do that on the toilet yeah. on your freaking phone. <laughs> is there okay. no time in your day to just yeah. five minutes? Like every, if you are trying to break into such a cutthroat industry at times, yeah. then you need to take that time to invest in yourself, you know? And a good point is, again, this is a business and you have to spend, I mean, I've been told, you know, you have to spend minimum three hours a day on just marketing. But, I, you know, I don't know how much that, you know, a band, you know, they want to be creative, so it's hard to do that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, well, if I take that much time on marketing, that I'm taking away from my songwriting and my craft. Right. But you've got to, you know, I, I think for maybe a band, three hours is a little excessive. But um, I think if they're at like the cusp of breaking, then I could see where people say that. But I think that it, it, for local bands trying to get to that next level and, you know, if they do an hour a day, I think that yeah. is awesome. But even 30 minutes, 30 minutes just yeah. to get it started and then you'll up it as you go. Yeah, you, But you can't just say, oh, it'll happen or I'll just go, you know, set up some gigs. and Yeah, you know, no, that no. you have to put the footwork in. Yeah. Or you have to start working with people that will lead you in the right direction mm-hmm. and help you. You know, whether it be some of these local bands don't need me to do stuff with them, but yeah. they know that. I'll help them along the way. And, you know, some I just do because I've loved them for so long. (laughs) But some I'm just meeting through Dime and other places. And it's, you know, good to to pair yourself up with somebody that can help you along the way. That's the thing you have to remember. If I I can't do this 
there's always someone that can. Yes. You know, don't feel like you have to do it all. Right. But in the long run, you're going to just, there's so many, you've mentioned so many already, the little things that they can do that it only take a, it's, it's simple. You know, yeah. it doesn't take a lot of time. And so, you know, if you can just brainstorm some ideas, I mean, there's, again, there's tons of ideas on the internet of, you know, how to market and everything and just take a few minutes. You don't have to pay someone else the to CD, do it. CD Baby was a really good. Oh, I, okay. I, yeah. That's one of the ones that we all enjoyed a lot at Dime. Like just – I think they will give you like 50 most important marketing tips. Mm-hmm. And I mean if you take five a week yeah, and just do that, print the print it out, take five things. <laughs> You're four people in a band usually, three, sometimes two. But split it up. Get those done in the week and then do the next five, yeah. you know, just keep doing and keep doing different things, you know, and that that's going to help you, too. You, yeah. You don't know what's going to work or not. Right. Work, you know, and something that may have worked today may not work tomorrow, you know, or something that, you know, really has been really good and everything because it's always changing. It's changing. I can't even like keep up on Twitter. Like <laughs> I'm supposed to be that I grew up, you know, like I. We were – I was in the heyday of when it started, I think, and – but I still am just like – it's Overwhelming. so – yeah, because there's one more. I'm like – and I, uh, I've i gone through – since I co-promote with venues, we try to tag – they tag me, which helps me so I don't have to do all the footwork myself. I just reshare mm-hmm. it because they have a marketer on staff. Yeah. So while I'm doing offers and other things, I just reshare what he shares, but – you know, that was something that it was just like, oh, my God, there are so many social medias yeah. now. And I, I've i been trying to look into a few of the the shared like Hootsuite and the places that you can post and it shares just, everywhere. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. is something that has been a big thing I've been trying to tell bands. And um, just looking more. looking through my notes here and I have um, tried to piggyback. Um, do you, are you familiar with that term with the yes. market? Okay. Um, so I'm gonna let you explain it. <laughs> but I thought, you know, I was reading some ideas in there. I thought that was really ingenious. Another great way to market your stuff and just piggyback on someone else. Yeah. Well, that is kind of, I guess, how I co-promote shows. Um, you know, they do some of the footwork and I reshare. And it's the same as I think even, even going to dime, like some of the students there should be they could be piggybacking with Dime the same way that I do. Mm-hmm. You know, even though it, Carl and I have been talking about different classes, courses that are up in the air or things they've been hoping that, you know, maybe we'll have a class of st- strictly teaching people how to book some shows from start to finish, you right. know. Okay. And but that is the thing I don't think people realize that Dime would be – 100% down to be tagged in these local bands that have been yeah. in their classes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they use it as much as they could. And they don't see the benefit of piggybacking off mm-hmm. of each other, yeah. you know, and that is, I mean, that's genuinely how I think I've done or gotten my word out from the get go. One know? of the things they were talking about in this little article I was reading that, um, you, you put on your, if you can cover the song, that's kind of piggybacking too because you're yeah. borrowing someone's song. Yeah. I thought that was ingenious. Yeah. And that'll get hits and then people see you doing this song. So that's another way to help you promote. Yeah. And the tagging and, you know, showing. But I know that Facebook's been a little harder on stuff lately if it's not oh. your song. Yes. They, yeah. They are getting a little tighter. But, I mean, there's so much you're doing it than just do Instagram then. Yeah. In which it seems like it almost feels like Instagram now is becoming a little more – 
of the younger stuff, mm. but it's everything. Uh, yeah. You know, but I think that Facebook's rules are getting a little harder yeah. for young. Well, if you people. have a channel on YouTube, I don't know how, if you can do that. I mean, there's covers all over YouTube. So yeah, I would, I don't think they have, I have to look at that, but I, I, cause I've, I've watched a lot of the bands or friends that I will share even with our, the owner, the president in California, um, cover songs, you know, mm-hmm. for artists like Christian Vey was one of the ones from Dime and he just does this cover of Hallelujah that like, oh my God, I couldn't like not cry and get goosebumps. <laughs> and that, even though it's not his song, to hear his voice doing that, it is, it's, it shows the talent, yeah, you know? Yeah. So yeah, YouTube has been a great place, I think, for them to yeah. get that stuff out. There's so many different things. So, um, yeah, they do EPKs now on YouTube. They do, yeah. um, a lot of, even Kevin Lyman from Warp Tour, the founder of Warp Tour, started a new company and I, I don't know how I ended up clicking on it, but it literally was a YouTube introduction to his company. Mm. I was like, that's so rad. There's so much on you. It's amazing what's on YouTube. I know. But the bottom line is, you know, you've got to have a plan. You've got to have the goal, figure out what your target market is. Um, what are, what other things can you, uh, you know, kind of wrap it and put it all back in a nice little package? A nice little package would be figuring out your target audience, reaching out to some of them to help. The target venues, the target promoters, the ones that work with your genre and reaching out to them and working with them will start to as using that word piggyback again. But that is going to piggyback into so much more down the road, Mm -hmm. like other shows, more more promoters watching you. If you're doing a show at Smalls and you do a podcast for it and nobody's ever done that for them, then I'm then. Shelter is going to want somebody to do that for their shows. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it's kind of snowballs from there. Okay. Just got to, and again, this is not a, okay, I'm going to start tomorrow. You've got to. Right. Baby steps, <laughs> like everything else. Yeah. yeah. A little, don't overwhelm. It's definitely baby steps. Don't overwhelm yourself because mm-hmm. it's hard for me to not every show. I always used to say when people thought like being a promoter is such a, oh, it's so great. Well, you're never done ever. Right. Unless right. your show is sold out which is so rare, especially <laughs> lately, um, you, you're really not done with your job. So you have to just take it slow, be grateful for the successes, and mm-hmm. and keep moving. Yeah. But don't overwhelm it yourself. Don't, you know, <laughs> try to take it all on at once. But don't forget, you have to market. That's, yeah, you uh, have to. You have to work. Yeah. And and you, you do have to spend some to make some, you know. Yep, yeah. Not too much. Not too much. I say, yeah. especially to the local guys. <laughs> you know, I don't, yeah. that is, I think, something I saw a lot of heartache in, like oh, spending yeah. money and not mm. seeing Getting results. Grateful. And yeah. that is what I'd like to teach anyone younger ways to spend a tiny bit to make people notice you a little more. Okay. And you just got to determine what tiny bit means. <laughs> yeah. And, and which people you want to notice. All right. Uh, best way for people to reach you, Ramona? I usually tell people, um, through Black Iris's Facebook is good, um, or Black Iris Booking at Gmail. Okay. Emails are best. And I also tell people there are some bands that I didn't even really love their music. It really wasn't my style. But if you are relentless, I respect that. <laughs> I always tell people I respect after the persistence when, yeah when you don't give up on me because there are some that'll email me once and say oh my gosh you never ever got back to me 
She's can, overwhelmed people. <laughs> yeah, you can only get back to so many. And yeah, that's yeah. but when I do, they also say nobody else got back to them. Mm-hmm. So I like to do that, but I just say keep going. Okay. I'm not gonna get mad on the fifth email because the first four might have gotten buried. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, when you're I, busy it just yeah. they keep getting in and in. Yeah. All right. Well, uh Black Iris booking it with Ramona Caldwell. Um Touching on marketing is good, good stuff there. So thank, thank you, you for coming in and talking with us. We appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah. So nice to meet you. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, if you, um, you know, need some more information or you want to talk to Ramona about, you know, marketing and the promotions and, you know, some, touch on some things that she has um, talked about today, then just get a hold of her again, Black Iris Booking. So thanks, Ramona Caldwell. Thank appreciate you. It. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the business of the music business. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you would leave a review, that would be great. Find out more. Just follow me on Facebook and uh, my website, pamrossi.com. Have a great week.